Welcome to episode 373 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I talk about the inner workings of the entertainment industry with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we're going to continue our run of, at least in my opinion, fascinating conversations with Serena DC, who is an executive producer. She's a TV star, a screenwriter, and a director. And we're going to be talking about her latest documentary, Beyond the Grave, which, as you can probably guess by the title, deals with the afterlife. Is there an afterlife? And it it, it happens to also deal with coping with death. And, you know, I, and I mentioned this in the conversation that I'm one that believes that everyone grieves in their own way. And there are those that believe in an afterlife from a religious standpoint. They might believe in it just from a purely spiritual standpoint, or they may not believe in an afterlife at all. Some look at purely the science of it. And what's great about this documentary is that it it tackles the spiritual. It doesn't mention really religion at all. It's more of a consciousness or a spiritual um, side of a potential afterlife. And then the science side of it as well. So I, I really like that they went out of their way to present both sides of of this, you know, I won't say controversial, but a a topic that people have strong opinions on. And I mentioned this in the conversation with Vince Lozano last week, that you never really know what you can expect from these conversations that I have on this podcast. And to, to delve a little bit into my process of preparing for a podcast, you know, I do my research, but it's evolved from when I first started the show nearly 10 years ago. I used to look up interviews that, you know, the guests that I would be having on my show would watch other interviews that they did with other shows. One, to kind of see how they are as a person. And two, what kind of questions could I ask? Obviously, I don't do that now. I go in with a completely open mind. And what follows when you're about to hear is what I think is one of the more fascinating conversations that I've had, you know, in the near 400 episode run of the show. And Serena is an interviewer as well. So I, I really enjoyed getting to pick her brain about her process and, you know, different interview styles and things like that. So it was a really fascinating topic, you know, not just about the documentary, but about, you know, the potential afterlife um, coping with death, and a lot of other fun topics as well. So hopefully you all enjoy hearing it as much as I had of being a part of it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Serena DC. Happy to be here with my very special guest this week, Serena DC. Serena, how are you? I'm so good. Thank you. How are you? Doing fantastic. And I, I've, I, we were talking off air, you know, I'm, I've been excited to have this chat with you. Uh, we're primarily going to be talking about your latest documentary, Beyond the Grave, which I had the, the pleasure of watching. But um, I did want to, I always like to start these interviews at the beginning of the career, because, you know, with working in film and television, there's no real like set way to get into the industry. Everybody kind of has their own unique path. So what, what is your story? What led you to want to work in the entertainment industry? 
Wow. Okay. So I was an entrepreneur living in Australia. I had um, hair and beauty brands. Like I was on such a completely different trajectory in my life, but I happened to own an Airbnb and I got cast randomly to be on a reality show called Instant Hotel, which was a Netflix show about Airbnbs. And so I just thought it would be something fun to do with my best friend. But what when we were filming over the course of a month, um, I just absolutely fell in love with, with, with all of it, just with um, all of the behind the scenes stuff and how everything comes together and producing and all of that sort of stuff um and it was one of those weird moments where you're like wow this is what was missing from my life this is what I was meant to do so um after we finished filming that show I um I, I used the fact that I was in a tv show to get a visa over in America and I came over here and um just started making making content making tv shows and films and the rest is kind of history that that's really cool in the sense that it just almost kind of randomly happened. You got this opportunity to be on a reality show and it's, it's so fascinating to watch all the moving parts on a set, isn't it? It is. It, it really is. It gives you a, a new perspective, but um, I think what I loved about it was, you know, these crazy ideas that we all have and these passions that we all have inside us, wouldn't it be cool if we could like share them with the world? And it showed me that there was a way that you could do that. Um, so yeah, I, I was really excited from day one. And I think that's what's great too about film and television is because whether you do a documentary or a narrative film, it gives you, like if you're inspired to create something and tell your story or tell a story, you have the means to do it. And like you mentioned with coming to America with technology and just the, the endless networking opportunities that you have, you know, it's, it's really inspiring to hear you do that, especially, you know, moving from another continent to do that yeah. is so cool. And it's crazy too, you know, like I'm 40, I have, I'm a single mom with two kids, but I'm also nominated this year for uh, most outstanding documentary at the Emmys. Oh, wow. And, Congratulations. Um, yeah, and the reason I'm saying that isn't to flex. I'm saying it because you can be doing anything uh, with your life. You can be in any situation. You can come from anywhere in the world. But if you have like a dream and uh, drive and desire to make it come true, you can do that. And that's the magic of Hollywood and the magic of um, uh, being in Tinseltown. You know, it, it really is the place where dreams can come true. Absolutely. And a lot of people, you know, they realize once they start, like if they want to make a film or make a pilot for a show, a lot of people realize how difficult it can be because there are a lot of hours that you have to put in it and it's really not easy. So you learn very quickly if you can do it or not. And I think the fact that you've been able to balance, you know, being a single mom and doing these projects is I, I find that stuff really inspiring. Like I'm ready to, you know, leave the <laughs> studio and write my next script now. Right. Come on down. I mean, you're only <laughs> limited by your own, um, you know, your own ideas and your own self-belief and motivation. You know, anyone can do anything as long as you just work super, super, super hard. Um, but it's exciting. Like, I feel like I'm at a position now where, um, you know, once you've done the hard yards, things do get a little bit easier for you. It's never easy in Hollywood. But, um, you know, once you learn how to make movies and you make the right connections, um, making the next one and the next one is is always a lot easier. So it's just about getting that first one off the ground and then you're off. <laughs> and that's the great thing about working on your first project is you never know who you're going to meet that mm -hmm. might be a you know career long connection or they might connect you with the right people that it's, right. it's all like a puzzle 
you know, and you put a few pieces of it together in the first project you work on, and then you get more pieces to put in for the next one and so on and so forth. So, no, right. you're absolutely right. So, oh, well, if you ever need any help, I'm happy to give you a leg up. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I've so, had so many people help me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it, paying it forward is is important too, you know, because chances are somebody's going to do it for you or give you an opportunity. That's right. And as long as you never forget that. Yep. Exactly. You put, you put good stuff out in the universe. It's going to come back to you. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me about uh, your documentary beyond the grave. Now I've never, I personally never worked on a documentary before. Like I've, you know, directed a couple of shorts and I've worked as, you know, a producer, a PA. What is it like as far as how did the idea for this documentary come about first and foremost? So, you know, we'd been in the reality space for a while and working with celebrities and things like that. And, you know, we were making good TV and good film, but it wasn't feeding our soul. And so we decided that in 2023, we really would shift our focus into making stuff that we were really into and we were really passionate about. And um, so the first movie we made, which is the one that's nominated for the Emmy, was about uh, trans transgender people and transitioning and things like that we really wanted people to sort of understand what it meant to be trans uh and with the second one with beyond the grave what we really wanted to do was help people post covid to learn how to deal better with grief um, and learn how to deal better with death if they were terminally ill or sick in some way because when we think about death be it for ourselves or for someone we love we're filled with fear fear and anxiety so many times people will say oh my god if my dad died that would be it i could never cope with it we're all terrified of death but what if what if there was an afterlife what if there was something else and that something else was good you know would would that help people to uh deal better with grief and to fear death less i think yeah and so we embarked on a journey because we wanted to figure out if there was life after death and that's what's fascinating about it, too, is because, you know, we've all had those conversations, you know, of people that believe in an afterlife that may not. They think when you die, it's it's done. But that mm. that's what's great about it, too, is that like it really makes you think, OK, well, maybe maybe there is or maybe there isn't. But I, I think really what it boils down to is that we all deal with grief in our own way. And I think that's. That's a big message that I got through watching it. And what I liked a lot about it, too, and I I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but I I will say that I liked that you guys presented it from the, I don't want to say religious, but almost the, the spiritual or the conscious side of it, as well as dealing with the science behind it, too. So you, you really get both viewpoints that tells a cohesive story. Yeah, well, that was really important to us because, you know, my team is very multicultural and we have people that are Catholic, people that are atheist, people that are Buddhist. Um, And so I didn't want religion to play a part in this. You know, I wanted to, uh, what this is how we, what we decided to do. We wanted to look at every different way that we could explore death. Instead of just one angle, we wanted to look at it all. So with near-death experiences, these are people that say that they have died and come back. Then we had a medium that says she can talk to the dead. Then we had a haunted house where dead people are 
allegedly float around, you know, and then we looked at the um, scientific perspective of that there is no consciousness and that when we die, we die. We wanted to look at every single aspect and see if somehow we could tie it all together, if there was some common denominator in there that would give us that aha moment, you know, that moment of, right, that's what's going on. Mentioning the the medium, there's a moment in the documentary, and I, I hope I don't get his name wrong, but is it is it Miko? Yeah, Miko. So Miko's a cinematographer. He's amazing. Yeah, amazing. when yep. she starts talking with him, and you can see him start to to tear mm. up, it's just that 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 hit me like right really? in the heart. Yeah, oh. it's interesting because you know that moment was actually a really long moment. We had like a a group of people there that were watching, and there was not a dry eye in that room. Like when we hit I cut. Bet. Everyone was like, there's <laughs> <laughs> so much, you know. Um, and, and even with my reading um, as well, like the things that she knew, she couldn't have known. And that, and it wasn't one of those situations where she said, there's a woman that you're close to. It was like, this is her name. This is who she was in your life. This is her kids' names. And it was like, what? <laughs> that, so um, that impressed me. I mean, I've seen mediums before, but this woman... I don't know. I don't know how she knew what she knew. It was right. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I can just imagine the raw emotion that was in mm. that room when that happened. Our team are very close as well. We've been working together for several years and we're like a family. And so it was just so beautiful, like for Miko to have that moment. He's really grieved the death of his cousin. Like, his grief is so profound. He has all, all of, you know, the markings of like guilt and shame and I wish I did this and I wish I did that. And um, it really healed him. Like it was, a, I saw a significant shift in, in him after uh, that moment, mm-hmm. you know, which was really cool. Yeah, no, and I, I can totally understand that. You know, a, a decade ago, I had a close friend of mine um, who was killed in a car accident and he was only mm-hmm. 21 years old. And I, I even felt that guilt, too, is like, you know, never really got to live an adult life. And, right. you know, what here if, I am. What if I called him that morning and, and seen him? The, what if I, I... The crazy thing is I was one of, if not the last person to talk to him before. Because he, 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 um, he was on his way to work. And then it was just, you know, one of those unfortunate things that happened. But, you know, it, it was I still think of that to this day. And I have you ever um, seen a medium yourself or have you ever had any paranormal experiences yourself? I have not. No, mm. I, I I don't discount it or disbelieve in it. You know, mm. I, I'm, I'm the type of person that's open to anything, which is why, like I with the, the documentary, I went in with a completely open mind. Right. But yeah, yeah. it, it, it kind of gave me flashbacks to, you know, those emotions that I felt. You know, because I'm just thinking, you know, of somebody who was who lost their life and who was such a good person and lost it at such an early age. You know, Mm. I felt guilty getting to live through my experiences and thinking, you know, that he didn't. It's interesting because, like, we always think of death. This is one of my key takeaways from this film. We always think about death as being the end. right? Right. Um. But really, if you believe what these people say in this film, it's just the beginning. Um, the soul 
never ends. So it's uh, it's like, you know, like think about your life. Today you're, you could be in Los Angeles, then you could go on vacation in Philadelphia, and then you could go to Antarctica and be wearing a big coat and looking at penguins and it's snowing, and then now you're back to the Bahamas. So, um, and these are all like uh, like us changing different places. We go to different places. So really what I took away from the film is like when the body dies, the soul's like, okay, so the that bit's over because that body's dead. Can't live in a dead body. So I'll go to like the next place, you know. Yeah. And then they'll go to the next place. So it. So for me, like I've walked away from it thinking death isn't the end of the soul. Death's the end of that body, right. and that story and that journey. But then you know, there's like oh, onward, onward to the next thing. Yeah. Um. And that gives me comfort. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. And in talking with uh, talking about some of the the people that you guys interviewed for this documentary, uh, how did you find them? Like, did you know these people and you just asked them to if you want if they wanted to be a part of the documentary, or did you use connections? So what what was the process of finding the right people for this film? I mean, it was hard because you know, especially in this industry, in the um, mediumship industry in particular, there's a lot of um, what I would call charlatans. So people that will take take your money and tell you all these crazy stories, and they're not really true. So we wanted to make sure that everyone we spoke to, what you know, had some level of credibility. Um, I'd read the book Proof of Life, which was written by Dr. Evan Alexander uh, a few years back, and so he was number one on my list. And when we reached out to him and told him what we were doing, and he said yes. It really gave us um, courage to aim high, you know, because if the top dog said yes, then it's like, okay, well, we need to make sure the rest of the cast are like that as well. So, um, you know, with Suzanne Gras, she's literally uh, one of the best mediums on the on the planet, world-renowned author. She's amazing. And then um, with The Conjuring House, we wanted to go to the scariest house ever. So that was obviously that house. And then uh, I reached out to one of the original family members that the movie was made about. And she was like, we can, we're going to go to the farmhouse and do a ghost hunt. I'm in. <laughs> so everyone, I think everyone just really wants to share their story, you know. And that was what I was curious about, too, is, you know, and I'm sure you understand this as well with, you know, being a, a host in your career sometimes you kind of have to pull the information out of people because they might be uncomfortable on camera or maybe talking about a specific topic. Did you have to do that with this film or was everyone just like, okay, let's go? It depended. So, I mean, people know their stuff. So right. when it came to talking about uh, near-death experiences with Dr. Eben, he knows his stuff, you know? So those questions were much more analytical. But, like, I'm, like, I, and I've noticed this in you, and it's so beautiful because the way you interview is very rare. It's how I interview as well. And it's about, um, you know, wanting to know the, hum the humanity behind the host, uh, I mean, behind the guest. Because um, if you understand the humanity behind them, then their words mean more. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to get to know me. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Um, but that bit is the bit that I find to be my superpower. Um, I take the time to find out about who they are, you know, who they are, where they come from, what they're passionate about. And that bit can be quite hard. Well, and that, that's the most fascinating thing about doing these types of shows, in my opinion, is like if I was interviewing, you know, a big name actor, yeah, we all know about the movies that they do. But right. What, what, what are you like as 
the person? Like what, like what what, is your process? How do you practice your line? What is your think when you're out for like 12 hours a day? Like exactly like that's interesting stuff right there, you know? Yeah. The stuff that people don't get to see, you know, the, is that, that human side of it. And the fact that it's, it's a hard industry. Filmmaking is not easy. There's a reason why that not everyone does it. If it was easy, we'd all be, you know, on the level of Brad Pitt or Steven Spielberg, but, that's right. You know, and it, and it's, Interviewing well, you know? yeah, exactly. Anyone can ask a question, but, but are you willing to go deep? You know, because well, <laughs> that's where the good interviews come you, from. You've got me curious now as far as I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but I love it. Uh, that's why, <laughs> another reason why I love doing these shows. Did it, did it take you a while to really kind of find your voice as an interviewer or did you, uh, kind of have that natural like innate ability because it took me a while to really to really figure it out I, th- I think for me I was lucky I'm an Aquarian and I used to be a salesperson so I've always been like a real people person asking a lot of questions and and I'm never afraid to to sort of like go go a little bit deeper because I believe that humans want to share their stories but what I have had to learn is to um I guess, be more ballsy about things because sometimes there's questions that are hard to ask and you you don't want to offend the person, but at the same time, it's what people need to hear, you know? So I think like as time has gone by, I, I've, I've kind of, I'm, I'm going to share my technique with you, but I've kind of learned a technique whereby I can still be respectful to the person I'm interviewing, but also ask the really hard question. So what I normally do is I say to them, I'm going to ask you a really hard question right now. If you don't want to answer it, you don't need to answer it. If I've offended you in any way, tell me straight away, but I have to ask it. I have to. And then I ask it and they always answer. But I, I think at least it makes them realize you're not some asshole that's trying to put them on the spot and get the scoop. Um, you know, you're treating them like a human, not like a commodity. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, not, well it. it's not so much the question. It's the way you present the question. Right. You know, t- tone and presentation are everything. You know, like I could ask you a, a bluntly on it. Exactly. Yes. I had somebody yesterday, um, I was going in to do a podcast and so I log in, but I was in my car um, and I was about to pull over, put my screen behind me and, and like no one was in the car with me. It would have been a perfect, beautiful podcast. Even had my little ring light there ready to put on my phone. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. I was ready for action. And they were like, oh, you're in a car. I'm like, yeah, oh, well, didn't you see our little form that we sent? You can't be in a car. And and they, they were being really rude. And I was just like, wow, at what point did you start being rude to guests that are appearing on your show for free? Like, who are you? And they wanted to reappoint today. And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> I'll be okay. Because it was just like, wow, there was no exchange of energy. It was just all force. I want my interview to be perfect. Like, yeah, there's crazy. there's no such thing. I've done almost 400 of these and there's never a perfect interview. And but yeah. it, it doesn't matter the setting. It's the conversation that like you as the interviewer, like you can kind of control how the conversation's going to go. And if you come in, you know, guns blazing saying, "Oh, well yeah, this isn't what I want," then that's right. it, it ain't going to happen. No, I so, mean, no, you made you made the right You're decision. You're only as good as the relationships that you you keep and the energy you put out there. And I just was just like, nope, I don't need to sell my soul for you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for watching. 
Right. <laughs> so you kind of alluded to this earlier, but I, I did want to ask because I I've had the chance to interview a few other documentary filmmakers. And, you know, the, the thing that they all have in common and that you've mentioned as well, the story that they're telling is one that they really want to tell that they're very passionate about. And a lot mm. of times those stories will have an emotional impact on the creators of the, the story. So right. what, what kind of emotional impact did, did this have on you? So it was less for me. I think it was more for Miko because um, with Miko, it was so strange. Like as he was editing the film, his um, aunt, who was he was really close to, passed away and his grandfather whilst he was editing the film. And, oh, wow. and it and his family were never a family that had any tools to deal with grief. They were just like a normal uh, family. When someone dies, it's the, oh, my God, you know, it's the end of the world, worst thing ever. Um, and he became this mentor, this unlikely mentor for his family. And he had all this knowledge he never had before. He knew nothing about anything. Um, and he was able to, like, really hold space for these people and be there for them and be their rock. And he would call me at night and just be like, Serena, I'm just so grateful we did this because you know and it was just so beautiful like that, that that kind of that he was able to have that and be there for those people because you don't know till you know yeah exactly you know? and I mean that's that's one of the most important things of life is you know to be there for each other in right. in tough times and if it takes you know learning it through editing a documentary or whatever the case may be that's that that's amazing stuff you know you and you never know what kind of what you're going to take away from whatever project you work on, whether it's a narrative reality show or, or a documentary. And that's well, and why even, I, this, like I have these weird moments where um, like people will be like, Oh my, you know, my uncle's about to die. And I'll be like, watch the documentary. I'm going to send it to you now, watch it. And also a lot of the interviews I've done, people on the interviews have been like, you have no idea how much this has helped me. I didn't know that that was what the outcome was going to be. You know, I thought people would watch it and be like, huh, interesting good perspective but that's not exactly what one sec I'm just doing a podcast I'm nearly done but um but that's you know really not what happened people walked away changed you know so you as a filmmaker you can't ask for anything more than that absolutely um what was the biggest lesson that you learned through making this documentary hmm the biggest lesson that I learned I don't know really I guess not to go into interviews with certain expectations on things like like walking into Alcor, I was kind of pro the idea of being able to like cryogenically freeze yourself, and I thought it would be interesting to be thought out into five thousand years, you know. But then, uh, you know, after completing the journey, I was like, "There's no way I would do that." So, you know, um, just to ha not to have so many preconceptions and to just to go in with more of an open mind. No, that's a great lesson. That's a fantastic yeah. lesson. Um, as we start to wrap up here, um, do you have a website or social media that you'd like to plug so the viewers and listeners can follow you? And uh, so th this will be released uh, the day before Beyond the Graves released on demand. So, oh, uh, so where uh, where will people be able to watch it? Um, so it will be available worldwide, absolutely everywhere. So uh, Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube, all of those fancy places. And um, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, we often have a lot of behind the scenes um, reels and we often go live when we're in haunted houses or chasing UFOs. So if you're into that sort of stuff, then feel free to follow me. I apologize for my um, million selfies. <laughs> um, but my Instagram is at I am Serena DC. 
fantastic. Well, Serena, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. This was great. Thank you, Derek. Thank you so much. And I mean it. Always here to pay it forward. So if you're ever in town and you want to get a documentary together, let me know. Thank you again to Serena DC for that fantastic conversation. Be sure to follow her on Instagram and check out Beyond the Grave, which will be available on Amazon and other on-demand sites September 5th. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, you only have one more day to wait. Can't recommend the documentary enough. Really well done. Really fascinating topic. I can't recommend it enough. Definitely go check it out. For next week's episode, I'm going to be chatting with assistant director and author Tommy Burke. And he's worked in the film and television industry for a very long time. So it was great you know, getting to hear some stories about how he broke into the business. And also he had a couple of life-changing personal experiences. And I won't reveal what those are because you'll have to listen to the podcast next week. And it was one of the most fascinating and inspiring stories that I've ever heard. So uh, definitely come back and check out that fun episode. And we are just under a week away from the start of the Silicon Beach Film Festival, which will be held at the TCL Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. The feature, my short film, will be playing there September 13th at noon Pacific time. You can get your tickets at SiliconBeachFilmFestival.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. If you're in the Los Angeles area, if you want to purchase tickets, or if you're a filmmaker that's going to be at the festival, uh, my wife Samantha and I will be there. So definitely you know, don't be afraid to say hi. We're looking forward to not just seeing our movie played on the big screen in Los Angeles, but we're looking forward to networking with other filmmakers as well. So uh, don't be afraid to stop and say hi. And if you want to check out other episodes of the podcast, if you want to subscribe to me on social media, the YouTube channel, head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. Everything is in one convenient location, linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And if you could, please leave a review, uh, rate and review the show. Uh, The more reviews and rankings that the show gets, uh, the more visible it is to those that are searching for you know, various podcasts, like in this instance, entertainment podcast, Uh, the higher it's rated and the more reviews the show gets, the more visible it is to those that are searching for new podcasts. So it definitely helps. It only takes a minute of your time and it doesn't cost anything, which is fantastic. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you again to Serena DC. And we'll see you guys back here next Monday for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. 